amazing. Uh, I think everyone needed that after this weekend's games, at least uh, Saturday's games, March Madness. Uh, we'll be talking about about that a little bit down the way. Uh, Dan, your bracket, uh, any any sign of life in it yet? Or uh, is it completely gone now? Uh, it's gone. I have Gonzaga in the championship. That's it. I'm done. Um, I'm wrecked. I've stopped paying attention to the bracketology of it and just enjoying the basketball of it now, even though it's been a not fun tournament. I don't know about you, Chuck. It's been a little lackluster as far as uh, excitement. I find that statement very disagreeable when there's a chance that there's a double-digit seed in the Final Four. So I'm, I'm a, we'll table that for the when we get there, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree, but well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's yeah, you'll see why. Alrighty, now let's focus on our main topic tonight. Uh, we're gonna be talking NFL trades, uh, the big Miami making moves uh, last week. We're also gonna be talking the NBA trade deadline and buyout market, which has been developing in the past couple days. Then we'll hit our March Madness before ending the episode with a little preview of the third of the North America's Big Four Sports. Baseball returns on April Fool's Day. We'll be doing a little futures preview of the season, who we think is going to have a good year and all that. Uh, but for now, let's start with the Miami Dolphins making big moves. So first... They traded their number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers to move back 12, along with some other picks. Then they trade back into the top 10 with the Philadelphia Eagles acquiring the number six overall pick. And the Eagles move down to 12. So now San Fran is sitting at three Dolphins at six Eagles at 12. Dan, what did you think about all these moves when you first saw them a couple days ago? Well, the initial thought was, why is San Francisco trading up to three and also simultaneously saying, Jimmy G's our guy? One has to be a lie. So I'm thinking Jimmy G is not their guy, and they are obviously going for a quarterback. Have you seen the rumors about... The, the old Mac Jones somehow going at number three overall to the San Francisco Giants now, Chuck? I've seen some of those. I've seen some Trey Lance rumors as well that apparently Kyle Shanahan didn't go to his pro day for the explicit purpose of not giving away that they were trading up to grab a quarterback. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. That's for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, with with them coming up and then, like, almost guaranteeing, are the first three picks guaranteed to be quarterbacks now, do you think, Chuck? With Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags, we assume, even though he's not going to the draft, he's going to the Jags. And then the Jets taking either Zach Wilson or um, Justin Fields. Although, I mean, Zach Wilson seems to be the favorite. And then number three, I guess, now being whomever the San Francisco Giants choose to pick. 
Is that locked and loaded? So you're saying, so Jaguars, Jets, 49ers are guaranteed to take quarterbacks. That's, that's what I think. That's where I lean towards. Do you, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, who besides Trevor Lawrence is somewhat up for debate. Um, after right. that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco is basically saying Jimmy G is our guy this year. Next mm-hmm. year, you know, we didn't say anything about next year. Oh, but yeah, he is. Uh, and I, I don't think, I don't think it's the worst idea either because I don't think Jimmy G is a terrible quarterback or anything. He's, he's fairly good. But I, th- he I is, think you can sell Jimmy G, you know, like he, yeah. he is still someone you can acquire assets with later in the future. Yeah. My, my only other thing with Jimmy G is that he's been somewhat injury prone the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you, you know, taking a young quarterback that you think might be your future, not, not the worst idea. Right. So um, who's it? Remind me what team is it for? I've forgotten what team is it. Atlanta Falcons are at four. Cincinnati Bengals at five. The the Falcons might be the biggest wild card of the entire. Although, I just there's no way to me that they don't take Penny Sewell because the way Matt Ryan's contract is structured, they're not going to be able to get rid of him. So unless they're completely sold on one of these quarterbacks, I think they're just they're going to take Sewell and aim for next year's quarterback market. Yeah, see, they're where the draft can change. If they reach for a quarterback or reach for something else and, like, and don't necessarily take Sewell, he's like an auto draft for the Bengals then. The Bengals need a, a steady offensive lineman perfectly, and then it drops to the Dolphins. Who, does, who do the Dolphins take if, let's just say, the Falcons take a quarterback at four, they take Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whomever, if if uh, Mac Jones goes to the 49ers and then Sewell goes to the Bengals, who do the Dolphins take? I imagine they take Jamar Chase. Yeah, I, it has or to be a wide Smith, receiver, whichever wide receiver they have ranked graded higher. And that's and what would, I kind of wanted to get up. Which one? Who's your favorite, Chuck? I think I, Jam- I, I mean, they're both really, really good. I mm-hmm. think Jamar Chase is slightly better from a just pure. He's got a little more size to him. But, he does, he I mean, definitely does, yeah. But, I mean, Tua won a national championship throwing a touchdown pass to Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. So, And then he won the Heisman. Right. I, so, I just... you know, there's some connection there. You know, and, you know, you can't necessarily buy that. So if you're in, but it also, if they're not fully committed to Tua, then you're not going to draft the wide receiver you think best fits Tua. It's a whole set of scenarios and circumstances. Yeah, I guess Tua is the 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 asterisk on top of whatever draft pick they take. Is this is either an anti or four Tua pick, and you'll kind of know it when they make it. Yeah, although to me that this is a pro Tua pick because it seems like they they are basically acquiring picks so they can build stuff around it. So to me, that's true. It seems like they're they're investing into it, which isn't a bad idea. They've still got him for another three years before his rookie contract's up. See what mm-hmm. he can do. Don't give up on him yet. Yeah, and uh, there's something about he didn't like look great, as we all know, but they they won like plenty of games with him, you know, at the at the starter position. 
Um, they didn't have a ton of, of weapons. Once Preston Williams went down, they had to rely on pretty much Devontae Parker because Gusecki was also in and out of the lineup. And outside that, they didn't have much going on. Uh, right. Their running game was kind of up and down before Salvin Ahmed got in the lineup. And then he, you know, they need to work on a lot of things. That offensive line and getting a few more weapons. And then they'll, I think, be ready to compete. So, and they still right. were basically a game out from the playoffs last year. Oh, so. yeah. They, I, I thought they were going to make it. Because they had, like, I remember that week 17, there were six or seven scenarios for the four or five teams that could all jumble between like the five through that seven or eight seed. And the, everybody won the Dolphins. Yep. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, meanwhile, the Eagles trading back to 12, back from six. What do you make of that move? Was there any way an actual quarterback was going to come to them at six? I mean, if you think about it, Miami probably wasn't going to draft a quarterback at three. I, so, wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. So, and then the Bengals aren't going to draft one. So, if they were looking for a quarterback, they might have been able to just stay at six. And maybe, if, so trading back, I think Hertz, Hertz is the man. You can, as far as fantasy goes, as as well, Hertz might be guaranteed starting that maybe all sixteen games, and he can run. He, he might be a, a player to look at. Yeah, I have him in my dynasty league. He, I'm, he might have to carry my team this year, unfortunately, <laughs> because my other quarterback is Deshaun Watson, and that that's another again, worse. There's a, there are other podcasts to listen to to dive in on that situation. We are we are not the podcast to dive into what's going on there. Because sir. Th- that that is whew, that is bad. That is bad. Yeah. When Any- lose 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 scenario. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the major um, our breakdown of the trade. I think. From a fantasy perspective, biggest winners, uh, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and probably Tua, because they will probably draft a weapon there at number six, I imagine. They will either draft Penny Sewell if he falls down to them, mm-hmm. or they will draft the best wide receiver available. So either way, I think Tua's, it helps Tua in the long run. Yes. So, how do you the my big question about the entirety of the whole trades is the San Francisco weapons. Instead of Jimmy G, you might have a rookie, or as you said, I guess you have Jimmy G for a year. I don't know if you draft a quarterback at three and he's your guy, he might not start. I'm, I'd be a little worried about uh, both. Oh, Ayuk and oh, good lord. I'm blanking the other 49ers wide receiver chop. Oh, um, Marquise uh, Good, Goodwin? No. Uh-huh. Well, I failed us. Him. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be so mad at myself. 
but uh, I, I'm worried about just that that offense. Oh, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Good lord, thank you. I uh, saved me, Chuck. Um, just their production with a rookie. So I, I trust Kyle Shanahan, but he just runs the crap out of the ball, especially the rookie quarterback. I don't I don't know how they fare. Yeah, we'll see who they end up taking also, because as of now, I would expect Trevor Lawrence one and Zach Wilson two. That's the expected one, two. Justin Fields could go number three. He's been very popular. A lot of people think he should go number three. Yep. Mac Jones or Trey Lance could end up going. Who knows? Um. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I did see was that there's a strong feeling that the Bengals, I guess this is assuming Penny Sewell is gone, take Jamar Chase, which because would leave LSU. Devonta Smith to the Dolphins. So that's how I would project. If I was in my head, if I'm just maybe we'll do this when we get to there. But my right now, I would go if I was a betting man, Trevor Lawrence will go one. Zach Wilson will go two. Justin Fields will go three. Penny Sewell will go four. Jamar Chase will go five. Devonta Smith will go six. I can Which see leaves that. plenty of talent for those other teams. Lots of lots of players oh, yeah. in this draft to get. So we'll see. It's like, and then the draft begins. Like, okay, well, what we thought was going to happen is going to happen. Now, now where do we go? That's right. the best part about the draft. I don't take Mac. Yeah, unless San Francisco does something wild and takes Mac Jones. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that'd be a. I just don't see. I I don't see it, but I don't know enough. I trust Kyle Shanahan knows a lot more than I do, but I knew. Alrighty. Uh, now let's move on to the NBA had their trade deadline this week. Um. Lots of moves were made, not too many blockbusters as much as we thought, I think. Kyle Lowry was the big blockbuster everyone was talking about, but he ended up not moving. Um, What were the biggest moves to you as far as just pure trades? I'm going to go pure trades as far as the NBA is probably Aaron Gordon to Denver. He just adds... Almost exactly what Denver needs. He's another scoring threat, a legitimate post defender. That I mean, Jokic is. I mean, Jokic is the MVP. I think Chuck would agree. Uh, not an elite, elite post defender. Aaron Gordon's not elite, elite either. But he's a very good one, and just the combination of that size interiorly and only interior, I should say. Uh, I Denver. What would you say, Chuck? Is number what the number three team in the league now? In the league, they're probably yeah. I'd say they're number three. I'd say three it's, or four. it's Nets. I think I can think it's Nets of fully healthy Lakers. Nuggets. Right. Okay, better than the Clippers. Better than the Jazz. Easily. Not super well, easily, but easily, like right, yeah. There's a no. There's to me a. a an edge that, that the Nuggets have, um, especially over the Jazz, who they, you know, beat last year in the playoffs and then went on and beat the Clippers in the playoffs as well. Um, but yeah, they've 
this is this is a good year for them. I mean, if AD or LeBron get injured again, I mean, I I'd I'd be feeling really good about a Denver Nuggets bet. But, yeah, they're they're fantastic. Jamal Murray. Did anybody? I mean, this is a year late, but man, I still can't believe what he has done. Like what he has stepped up to be, you know, for this year and obviously that run last year. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely stepped up. I don't think anybody necessarily saw that coming as far as the wide mainstream. Most people didn't. I'm sure there were people mm-hmm. who would say they were that leave it up to them, Kentucky fans or whatever that did. Um, but we we did not, that's for sure. Um what's, what's yours, man? What's what's your big one? Um probably the Brooklyn Nets one, just by <laughs> They, you know, I mean, PJ Tucker went to the Bucks. That's significant for them. He's really good. I, I've always liked PJ Tucker. And the Sixers got George Hill. I don't know what that does for them, but they got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Doc Rivers traded his son, who then got cut, which is just that's brutal. That's some Game of Thrones stuff right there. Son, I'm sending you to the other side, and then you're getting cut. Bye. Yeah. It's going to be an awkward Easter. But Kyle Lowry didn't get traded. Norman Powell got sent to the West. I mean, if you're the Nets, you're like, all right, so we're just significantly better than most of the East at this point. Yeah, I don't think anybody, I mean, the Heat maybe, but I don't really think so, can compete with the Nets. And the East, of course. The West has like four teams. Yeah, the East, I don't know. The East is is so weird this year. It's just a mess, I feel like. It's just a mess. Um, I also think the Lakers were the big losers. I'm surprised they didn't get Kyle Lowry. I'm surprised they didn't make any other moves. I guess they just don't run it back, you know, mindset. Hey, we got what we got, run it back. Yeah, I guess they trust in their guys, can't. I get. We'll see how it plays out for him. Um, but then after the trade deadline, we get to the buyout market, the fun time, where where players are basically told, "Here's a bunch of money. Go play for someone else." <laughs> yeah, I I love it. You just the, hear a name come up, and you're like, "Oh, that guy. I remember how great he was. Oh, that guy. I remember me when he was. Oh, that guy was awesome. Oh, yeah. another guy. He was amazing. And now they're gonna be." Much better than they were where they were because now they're going to be on like championship level teams and able to utilize exactly what they're made to do um, in smaller roles. Indeed. Indeed. That includes LaMarcus Aldridge, a multiple-time All-Star, mm-hmm. uh, going to the Nets, and Andre Drummond going to the Lakers. I'll tell you what. I don't know how people are going to score on the front court of the Lakers. Between Drummond, Anthony Davis, and LeBron, I don't know how you're putting up a bucket on those guys in the paint. No. I, someone in the Nets have acquired to do it has to make, what, 25 threes maybe against them to beat them? Yeah, it's going to take that kind of effort. I mean... The, the Nets have the shooters to do it between KD, uh, Kyrie, and Harden. But, yeah, it's going to be 
if they're not in the finals, it's it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you got to play like five out. I mean, that's what you got to be able to do. And the Nuggets might almost be able to do that now with with the. Aaron Gordon is a is a down low presence, but he can get out to the outside and do things happen, and also be a low post presence at the same time. And we know Jokic can just do kind of whatever he wants, um, as far as spreading the floor on offense. That'll be. I really hope we get that matchup. Personally, is Nuggets Lakers in the uh, Western Conference Finals? Yeah, or just whatever. I mean. The seeding are the Jazz still the one seed? Uh, let me see. I think uh, they are, which would give us maybe a two-three of them if they can somehow hang on. Let me look it up here real quick. But either way, you know, if it has to be the conference finals, sure. I, the Jazz are the one, and the Suns are the two seed right now. Oh, we've forgotten about the the Suns. We don't might get- feel completely for real though. As of right now, the Nuggets are the five and the Lakers are the four, so that would be a first round matchup. Oh my lord! They, 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 let me tell you, some of these first round matchups. <laughs> um, I mean, right now you'd have Jazz Mavericks as the one eight, Suns Spurs as the two seven, Clippers Blazers as the three six, and Ooh. Lakers. Gets us the four five. Let me tell you, these Western Conference playoffs are about to be fire. That is, oh, I and do the, think like the second. I think the second round is my favorite of the playoffs, where every night because not like the NCAA March Madness is amazing. Like four days break, four days break, and then you know you get into it. It's special, but the NBA playoffs you get every single night or like five to six nights a week. Two unbelievable basketball games, like completely in a row, ready to go. I, I, I love it. I'm like getting excited, Chuck. Well, we've still got a, a good amount of time to go before then. We're oh, a couple I know, months but... out. Um, in the meantime, uh, any other big free agency moves that you noticed, liked, took note, uh, wanted to say something about? Not really. We could touch on, I mean, Oladipo to the Heat doesn't do a lot for me. I don't think it's going to mean much. Yeah, for me, it's it, it's not a bad, I, he makes them better. He's a proven scorer. So mm-hmm. when one of their best, one of their better scorers, like Drogic, who's been in and out of the lineup with injury, Tyler Harrow's been a little bit inconsistent. Duncan Robinson's been inconsistent. He's a bol- he can bolster their offense, mm-hmm. and he's not a bad defender or anything like that. But I don't know that he makes them a championship team. Yeah, he doesn't get them over the hump. It doesn't feel like you know. Yeah, I also like forty eight to the Celtics. <clears throat> oh yes. Uh, what do you think about the Celtics though? Where are they? What are they going to do? I don't know, man. They're they they're just feels like they haven't played their best all year, which is kind of scary though, because they're still top four in the East right now. I'm pretty sure. So, (laughs) so like, I don't know. They, they, they could be one of these teams that everyone's like kind of cooling on and then they could just get hot in the playoffs. So doesn't it kind of feel like the Celtics have not been playing their best all year for like three years now. (laughs) 
you know, just kind of been waiting for them to really, because you see, like, everybody looks at their roster and the construction of it, and Brad Stevens is like, it, it's there. We, we got it all. And it never quite gets to that next level. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be exciting, though, to watch these playoffs, at least in the West, For that, that's for sure. Um, moving on now to the other side of basketball, that's March Madness still going strong right now. Uh, while we're recording, we watched Houston, uh, take care of Oregon state after Oregon state gave him quite a scare coming on quite a comeback in the second half, but Houston managed to put it away, uh, with some good free throw shooting down the stretch. So now Houston first team in the final four for us. Baylor and Arkansas playing for a spot tonight. We'll see how that works out. Um, now, I want to bring up what you said earlier at the top of this podcast, that yeah. you have not thought this was a great March Madness. I want you to explain yourself, sir. Explain yourself. Part of March Madness to me is the moments and the, the memorable games that you ex- remember possession back and forth. What what have we had this year? We've had upsets. Hella upsets. I actually kind of mentioned this last episode where some of the upsets are like drowning out the other upsets a little bit. We're just kind of this is like just the year of the the the, the double digit seed. We've had zero buzzer beaters in the entire tournament. Um we had a buzzer beater last night you to for Alabama to send it into overtime. Well, into overtime, but not not to win the game. We've had no winning buzzer beater shots, and not that it has to be that. We've had good moments to some degree, but it's been a tournament of unders and low scoring and defense, and I think not great officiating. Just the way we've been, it's been officiated. I don't have like what what was your favorite game of the tournament shot to watch so far um yeah I don't, I'm a, I mean I don't mm, probably the UCLA Alabama game last night was really good I don't know there's been a lot of good games I love watching Gonzaga play I saw someone the other day tweet like they're they're a spindle better um person i think it was aaron kate dolan uh, by the way if you are looking for like betting advice that's a hard you need to follow her like she's been like on fire at least since i've been following her past I'll two check months. her out chuck i did not so, know about her yeah hard follow um and she was like i get no pleasure from watching gonzaga play and i'm like this is where i the better pe- the betting people lose me because i'm like listen i understand that it's like from a betting perspective, it's not exciting that Gonzaga's going to cover. But, like, watch Jalen Suggs play basketball, man. That dude is a baller. A baller. From what, like, from start to finish, he's a baller. I don't know what you want to want to do. I mean, Corey Kispert's not even playing his best. And he's, like, their best player. And it's just wild to me. But to some extent, I get what you're saying. Like, there hasn't been a lot of buzzer beaters. But that doesn't mean the game's not exciting. That doesn't mean that. But the games it, haven't been exciting. We we have had minimal games actually 
come down to the wire the same way. We've had lots of 10 to 12 point finishes when you would not expect them. Signif- okay. like, like UCLA, you're talking about in Alabama last night, went into overtime, and that was amazing. And then UCLA boat raced them in overtime. That happened twice. Same with like uh, Virginia Tech and Florida. And the very the the other halftime buzzer, I mean not bat, halftime, but a regulation buzzer beater sent in overtime. Then Florida boat race Virginia Tech in overtime. You know we just kind of haven't had as many to like knock them down, drag outs, fight to the finish. We've had plenty. We've had a few. Like even the even the um, upsets by the like the double digit seeds. Oregon State's been killing people. Syracuse, outside of West Virginia, even though they kind of handled us, murdered San Diego State. Then Houston completely took care of business against them. You know, and, and we just—it's been—you know where the—you know where the game's going at halftime for the most part. I don't think you've been watching the right games, man. That's all I can say. Because, like, think about Rutgers in the first round. I'm just looking at the very first round. Rutgers Clemson. That game came down to the wire. Ended up being decided by four points. Uh, Oral Roberts beat Ohio State by three. Um, yeah, that one was great. That one's that one's like that's one of the moments. That's Abilene that's Christian great. beat Texas on free throws by one point. They um, did. I watched that game. Yes, but I mean that was also a rock fight, tight, low-scoring garbage basketball the entire time. Ohio beat Virginia by four points. They were it was free throws all the way down to the wire. Again, a rock fight. Creighton beat UC Santa Barbara by one point. I don't know what you're saying. Mean by rock fight, by the way. As in, it's bad basketball. No one can make a shot. Like it, you it's know, college it, it, basketball. None of it's great basketball. The NBA plays great basketball because every player is like an elite player on an almost any individual court. It's that's part of the fun of college basketball. Not not like like of the I don't know. How many players have gotten minutes in this tournament? But you know, ninety percent of them, at least, maybe more, aren't getting, aren't going into the NBA. That doesn't mean they're not good basketball players, or that these aren't good teams. That just means their style of basketball is not aesthetically pleasing. That's not doesn't make it bad basketball. It makes it boring basketball. I don't know, man. I I don't. I disagree. I disagree. <sighs> the only thing that is bad basketball to me is like when you're watching, like if it's like five minutes without a bucket. But well, you, that's Abilene Christian versus Texas. That's what I mean. That's exactly that what you're final score about. was fifty three to fifty two. That's not five horrendous. Minutes. Yes, that's no. horrendous. What are you talking about, Chuck? It's forty minutes of basketball. They scored one hundred and five points combined between the two teams. That's. That they know. I watched the game. I, I've been watching the games. Half the games you mentioned, I watched almost the entirety of. It's it's not it's not just low scoring. It's not the point. It's not just just defensive. It's turnovers. It's bad decision making. It's just passing the ball around and not knowing what like setting up offenses is. You know, there you can. That's not always the case. You want like you Loyola Chicago entire that entire Illinois game between the two of them was fantastic. That was good basketball. There were, there were good basketball games. There were, it, there were, 
64 teams in the tournament. There are plenty of good basketball games. But you're not mentioning all the other just boat races and garbage. You're mentioning the close games that also happen to have not great basketball inside of them. I guarantee you if I were to take the score differential or whatever and over-unders for this year's tournament and compare them to any other tournament from any other years past in the past four or five years, they'll be just as uh, about the same as any other. I I know. No, they're not. This is a year. No, they, this is like one of the lowest scoring years in recent memory. I, I'm fairly certain of that. Based on what? That every single game has been set. The unders are like hitting at a 75% rate, 78% rate. They set, the, they set the scores based on the games, based on the average of the season, and they've been consistently falling underneath of that. I don't know. I just, I don't see where you're coming from on this. I really don't. But, you know, to each his own, to each his own. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Let's move on to the final subject. We've got Major League Baseball season starting this Thursday, April Fool's Day, uh, is opening day across the league. Um, got a lot of interesting matchups coming into the year. Uh, Dan, you are a Sox fan, so uh, why don't you start with how you think your team's going to do this year? Oh, terrible. It's gonna be a repeat of last year, man. We're not. We're in. Oh, we're in garbage mode right now. We have no idea what the team's gonna be. Alex Cora is gonna come back this year and try to find some kind of rhythm, but I'm not sure the teams and the organizations ready for that in one year. I don't feel good about our team at all. We. I don't. I, our pitching staff is terrible. I mean, I don't, I don't, Rod, I don't like anybody. I, I'd rather you talk about the Yankees than me talk about the freaking Red Sox right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the Yankees are going to have a good year. It'll be another we make the playoffs and we'll see what happens kind of year. I just don't know. Um, Garrett Cole. Domingo Herman should be back. We let go of Tanaka. Um, so I don't know who's going to be that fifth um, starter in our rotation right now. But, you know, I don't know what to say about the Yankees at this point. Because everyone knows what's going to happen. They're going to have the winning record. They'll be competing, competing with the Blue Jays probably for first in the AL East. Maybe the Rays. But after losing Blake Snell... I don't know if they'll be back. Um, I trust the Rays. The Rays are a really sneaky good organization. They know how to manage their their players and their contracts and their unfortunate budget. But yeah. Um, I like the Rays. Yankees right now, the bullpen is like Cole, Kluber, Herman, and then James Centalian, Jordan Montgomery, and Michael King are all in there. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we've got Jay Bruce this year as like an interior lineman guy to be there. Um, he's listed at first base, but 
Luke Voigt and DJ LeMayhew. I mean, Luke Voigt will be taking the majority of those, and DJ LeMayhew mm-hmm. will be doing a lot more second and short and third base. Yeah, he can move around. No. Is Voigt hurt? I thought I saw Voigt was like hurt. He's always hurt, man. He's always <laughs> hurt. He's. I think he is starting the year on the IL, so oh, probably well. Jay Bruce will be getting their start there opening day. Okay. Um. You know, it's just another Brett Gardner's back. Um. So. So, what what are your aspirations, Chuck? What it, what? It's the World Series, man. Okay. We should okay. Win the That's freaking World Series, but every year we don't. Every year we're like, oh, we should have won, but there was banging a trash cans or something else. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, can we just still? I'm still not over it. I'm still not over. You know why? Because the players didn't get crap. They didn't do nothing to the players. Nope. It was a player oriented scheme. The players started the scheme and they didn't get punished. Yeah, what it's kind a- of crap is that? I know. Like they're probably the the single 25 most or whatever happiest people that COVID happened. And like, like the, they didn't get their retribution season of getting smashed in the back with every fastball they could get. Boy, I hope, I hope that New York city's vaccinated enough so that when they come to play the Yankees, they get to hear it. Although Garrett Cole is also was on those teams. So That's this is going to be really interesting when he's pitching in front of fans again, <laughs> starting game one is Garrett Cole. Boom. Yeah, all will be forgiven though if he wins a World Series. So, everything is always forgiven for that. So we've got some futures odds pulled up right now for the MLB season. Um, top five teams to win the World Series right now: um, Dodgers number... at minus one forty-five. <laughs> Dodgers are <laughs> number one with plus three fifty. Yeah, <laughs> Yankees are second with plus five fifty. Uh, White Sox plus 900 along with the Padres. I like the Padres. I do. And then the Atlanta Braves are fifth at plus 1,000 along with tied with the New York Mets. Where are the St. Louis Cardinals on that? They are. They are tied with in seventh uh, with the Houston Astros and the Toronto Blue Jays at plus 2,200. 22 to 1 odds if you're doing fractional. Right. I think that might be my favorite. It's been a long time since the Cardinals. It's been, the Cardinals always rear their ugly head back every, what's it been? Seven, eight years or so? Maybe even, no, yeah, six, seven years. That's about right. Just got Nolan Arenado, a little stud to, to fill out their lineup. And they just, I, love, I, I like the Cardinals a lot this year. Yeah, but their pitching rotation is yeah. up and down, I would say. Like Jack Flaherty and Adam Wainwright, they can both be great or they can both be not great. Yeah, how old is Wayne right now? He's, I mean, he's he getting up there. I'm not, you know, he's what, 30? 39. Yeah, yeah. And he turns 40 this year in August. He still is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, that's for yeah. great odds. You know, plus 2,200. That's because you could also just lay, you lay the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Feel pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'm surprised the Mets or the Braves are as high as they are. Because I'm not impressed with their pitching rotation either. You always got to remember the trade deadline in baseball. Those those big market or small market awesome pitchers are always able to come over with two and a half months left in the season, get acclimated, and get ready for a playoff run. Any team that is one semi-dominant pitcher away is always kind of – that's the Cardinals and the Braves a little bit, you know, from making a, a chance at a run. Right. Well, the Braves did get Charlie Morton, mm-hmm. and they've got Drew Smiley, Ian Anderson, Max Fried, and Mike Soroka. I mean, outside those first two guys, I'm not like they're all good, but none of them are. I don't know. They just those don't scare two. me. No, those first Charlie Morton is great. Yeah, Smiley but, is almost great. So very, very good. And again, to my point, add another third guy and let those other guys let one drop to the bullpen and have five. Yeah. Then they're scarier. Maybe they'll make a trade for some athletics pitcher or, you know, some who's ever the number one or number two guy on like the Reds or something. Yep. Or maybe Shane Bieber. The I was going to say, or Shane Bieber, or the Indians, because I mean that. Although, guess what? You're not hoping for that, are you? you no, I'm hoping that well, Yankees get him. Mean, <laughs> that's what I mean. You want Shane Bieber real bad, don't you? By the way, pulling up the rear in the odds to win the World Series, the Pittsburgh Pirates at plus twenty thousand, two hundred to one odds. Not a good year for them. What's What's next? Are they like that much below? That much? The Lower next is it. the Rangers at plus 15,000. That's actually quite a difference. That is bad. Significant difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the And then the, obviously the Dodgers are, they're plus 180 to win the National League outright. The, the, the National League pennant. That is a, that is some hell of an odds to take on them. Yeah. Not a bet I would take in any never. Um, no, the plus two eighty sounds like to win a series, like yeah. to, like to sweep a series. Plus one eighty. They're plus one eighty to win the NL. Yeah. Oh my god, that's like to win two out of three in a series. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. The Yankees are plus two twenty to win the AL. That also sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And then it always happens because baseball's. It, that's why they play 162 games, as they say. The cream rises to the top, and the best is the best. But that still feels ridiculous. Wait, yeah. is that NL like go to the World Series NL or like NL regular season? No, the pennant is the the National League Championship Series. That's what I thought. That's that. That's what I'm saying. That's insane, man. Yeah, regular season. Sure. I'm okay with that because they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Well, speaking of regular season, the White Sox are minus 125 to win the American League. I don't know why you're making that bet in the first place. They're going to win it. They're going to win the Central. There's You don't need to put money on that. Oh, yeah. I, you just said American. I, yeah, the, the Central. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. There's no one. No one else. 
the Twins are good, but they're not they're not good enough to beat the White Sox out for that. No. They'll lose to other divisional teams. Yeah, the Yankees are plus minus two hundred to win the East, and yeah. the only one that's competitive is the West. The Astros are plus one thirty. The at Athletics are plus one fifty, and the Angels are plus three seventy five. Hmm. That's basically there's no bet to make there. I guess a small, I might take a small bet on the Athletics, man. I don't know. Yeah, is that to, that's regular season, right? To win the, the yeah, the, this the, is the regular season. That, that's the A's. That's where they live. So I don't I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Um. The NL Central, the Cardinals are plus 105 to win. And then it's interesting. The Reds are plus 333. The Brewers are plus 375. And the Cubs are plus 500. So, as always, the NL Central remains an enigma. Oh, yeah. Any any four of those could win. Any one of those four could easily take the crown. But, again... I've, I'm putting my flag on the Cardinals. I like them. Yeah. And then NL East, it's the Braves or Mets, plus 130 and plus yeah. 150, respectively. Not much else to talk about there. Yeah, and 750. The, that's my guess. 750 the closest next? Uh, 650 for the Nationals. Okay. Yeah. And then NL West, Dodgers are minus 250 to win the division. <laughs> And the Padres are plus 200. Oh, and man. then the other got... three teams are all plus 5,000. So... <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's got to be terrible then. Yeah. Yeah, I would not bet on the Rockies this year. Yeah. I'm not betting on the Rockies. No, thank you, Diamondbacks. <laughs> yeah. The Giants, you never know. They might, they'll rise to third, but yeah. boy. They're not beating those other two. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much how this year's going. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't. We both haven't been following baseball enough to be like, who's the who's the dark horse here? I mean, you never know who, which team's going to make a surprising run. Like, I could see. I mean, I don't see them winning the division or anything. But like the Orioles this year, as bad as everyone says they're going to be, I could see them making a little run, like in June. You know, in the dog days of the league, they always seem to do that, and so then they just do, collapse. If they'll the do what the Orioles do and pretend like they're a really good team, and then fall apart about mid-August to early September. Yeah, always happens. But they're going to be not good this year. They're really no. not good. They might be worse. Like if you could bet on which team is going to have the worst record, I mean, the Pirates are probably the favorites. I might take the bet on the Orioles. Division. Pirates got to play in the NL Central, which we talked about. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. And then they get they always get to play us. We're not going to be any good. And I, I mean, Rays, Blue Jays, you guys are all good. Eh, I guess. I don't think. I don't know. I guess. I guess. I don't love the Rays and the Blue Jays as much. I love. That entire NL Central Division is going to be tough. Yeah. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for us. Um, 
on another episode of Bush League. Uh, anything you got to say, Dan, before we head out? Nope. I'm excited to see how these Elite Eight games finally play out here. The I hate these 9.57 tip times. So probably not even done yet. But uh, Well, I'm Baylor just... is uh, already up 7-2 to at this point. I don't foresee them losing, but I mean, let me tell you something. Arkansas is like, oh, we're, it's going to be like we're down 15. We got them right where we want them. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, I'm rooting for Baylor for the Big 12. So I am too. Um, although from a bracket standpoint, I have a chance, a slim chance, but a chance if Arkansas can pull off the upset. So we'll see. Um, also, if you guys aren't following um, Josiah Johnson on uh, Twitter, uh, he's the funniest man talking about the ML- NBA, I should say. So give him a follow. Free plug for a guy who has thousands of followers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, have a good one, guys. Good luck on your bets. Yep. Have fun with sports.